Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired tonight, I'll fall asleep when I'm home, when I'm Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon. If you're getting it a day early, if you're a subscriber, otherwise, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this, uh, I mean, I guess it's a dreary Thursday outside, but uh, it's never dreary on the Power Slam podcast. No, no, it's always jovial. Well, not always, sometimes. No, so no. yeah, but we're here to lift your spirits. It's December now, Kenny. Yes, the winter yes. is officially here. No getting away Christmas, from it. Christmas is, you know, within. Have you done any of your Christmas shopping yet, Kenny? No, I've, I know I've not. I've, there was one thing I was going to get for somebody, but it's fallen through. So I've kind of had to rethink that. But I, to, the plan is today to write down all the people I need to get the presents for. I've got like a, a system. So I like to write down all the people who I know I'm going to buy for. Then I like to decide in my mind what type of gift I'm going to get them. And yeah. then I like to narrow it down. So, like, it might be like, okay, so for this person, I'm going to get them, you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't I would probably be buying someone a wrestling T-shirt, but I'd be like, okay, this person's going to get a wrestling T-shirt. Which one would I get them? Go from there. So that's kind of my process. Are you a Christmas person, Finn? Yeah, I think I am, yeah. Yeah, I didn't used to be, but I think I am more now than I was. I'm looking forward to uh, Christmas this year. It's just, what is it? Just over three weeks? Well, less than four weeks, anyway. So it's um, it's coming round. But yeah, I've done quite a bit of my Christmas shopping, so I'm very, very, very organised this year. Wow. So um, yes, that is impressive. I'm, yeah, I, I never really. I'm always. I mean, there's because you get people who go out and do all the Christmas shopping in June. 
But then I always find that with people who are, you know, people who I know, like a lot of people tend to get, I, I always tend to try and get people some kind of current gifts or something. And then if you buy something in June and then say their birthday is in July or August or September, what if somebody else gets them it for their birthday? And then by the time Christmas comes around, it's out of date. So I always leave it to neither the time, November, December. Well, I can understand that. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, some people, Kenny, go and do the Christmas shopping for next year on the 26th and 27th of December. That's wild. Oh, well, it's not wild. It's kind of depressing if you are the recipient of one of these gifts. I know. What it's mean, I guess crap that no one wants to buy. It's yeah, the stuff like... that ends up in the sales. I'm just trying to think about what could you buy in a Christmas sale that would be that you could pass off 12 months later? Oh, I've been the recipient of a lot of these gifts, Kenny. So, <laughs> yes, I have. So, uh, but um, yeah, they're not exactly uh, targeted for me. They're just like, well, that's cheap. That'll do for him. Oh. <laughs> so. well, anyway, Kenny, enough about Christmas. Let's get on to the wrestling. Let's I go started the, the Christmas chat, by the way. Yeah, I did. I did. It's all on me. Um, so we're going to be talking about a bit about AEW and obviously some some of the big points from Raw. So Raw, the Raw after Survivor series, it, you know, it was a, a kind of show that didn't really, not a lot of stuff happened to progress things at a fast rate. But then they've not got a pay per view to the Royal Rumble, so that was going to be the case. Um, we opened the show with Becky Lynch. She came out to cut a promo. She was uh, interrupted by uh, Damage Control. And um, Becky Lynch, uh, they, they, have, they have a brawl. Um, so it's a decent enough opening segment. I guess this is, I mean, it doesn't feel like this is going to be a feud that's going to harry over to the Royal Rumble. This feels like a, a, TV, it's a TV feud written all over it. Well, as you said, it's two months, isn't it, until the Rumble. So they've got a lot of TV time to fill. I mean, I know things do slow down a little bit in late December, early Jan. Um, but yeah, they've got to really pace themselves here. And, um, I mean, she mentioned Sami Zayn, the uh, Jimmy and Jane Solo Sokoa arrived backstage. They were all smiles, jubilant. Mm -hmm. And then we went to Becky Lynch, who met her people in the audience. Um, almost like a Diamond Dallas Page-style tactic of trying <laughs> to pump up the crowd by mingling with them. She even engaged in conversation with their spectators, which was, I mean, quite novel, I suppose. Um, I don't know if these people have been handpicked or were plants or what, but I mean, you never quite know, Kenny, what people are going to say. You know this, don't you, from running shows? <laughs> yeah, you can never be sure what people are going to do. <laughs> so, uh, so Bailey show, uh, showed up. She was in the ring. They told each other to shut up. Lynch said Bailey was a loser. Then Dakota Kai and the Sky um, arrived on the steps and fought with Becky Lynch, and they all fought up the stairs towards a fake merchandise stand and that actually was quite an entertaining little brawl wasn't it in the fake mm -hmm. merchandise stand before the refs and officials arrived and pulled them apart so you know lynch was kind of super becky you know super lynch there wasn't she she was uh she was doing very well against three people which reminded me of a certain guy <laughs> who, who did endorse her once before if i remember correctly Yes, that's it. I just sh should actually point out that I've just been watching Survivor Series again, and Lynch, even though she didn't really sell at the beginning of, uh, you know, when she arrived in the War Games match, 
when people started hitting her with big moves, she really did sell them, like the, the Riptide from Ripley, and then there was the the rose plant from Bailey on the, they call it the diamond plate, don't they? The, the metal threshold that goes, it's, covers the gap between the rings. So Lynch really did sell in war games, so I'm going to give her credit for that. We, and we should mention because we did say we did say on the uh, the, the what's going down podcast this week that there probably would never be a reason for us to rewatch that women's war games, but you do have a reason to rewatch it, which is why That's you it. are back That's to it, it so yeah. soon. I'm exactly, if you can believe this, Kenny, exactly one thousand words into my review for uh, Inside the Rose Magazine, the the, the big uh, big four pay per view review from F Martin. So um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it because. I'm looking forward to seeing how inventive you're going to be at saying this match is too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really is is the thrust of, of part of it. And um, and I think, you know, it's actually, I, I sat there, people always think, oh, Finlay, you find writing really easy. And to this day, I still find some parts of it quite difficult. And uh, I was just trying to come up with a wording to describe one thing. And it took me, I kid you not, about 40 minutes just to come up with that sentence. And you think why can't, why why would it take that long? But it just did. So, uh, but when you actually get there, and you're like, yes, that's it. Yeah. But you, you're so. a, you're a perfectionist. You know, you got to get it right. You know, you're not you're never going to hand something that's not got your full full whack behind it. Exactly. To me, you know, I'm not interested in being mediocre, Kenny. You know, inexactitude, that's the other guy's game, not mine. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I'm, I'm been watching that again. And um, and Lynch really did sell in the War Games match, and uh, but didn't really sell that much on Raw. She mostly beat up Bailey and Dakota Kai and Eel Sky, but it was quite entertaining for what it was. Uh, we also saw the Judgment Day get a big eight-person win over the OC uh, and AJ Styles. So... Yes, that feud continues through these through the December month. I don't know. I mean, they were they were, they were talking about how it it needed to end, you know. So I, I hope mean, so. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe that was it. It was a Rhea Ripley Mia Yim match. Um, I actually thought Mia Yim did really well, and I uh, like the fact that the match was simple and it felt like they were trying to beat each other, and it was presented more like a, you know, like a fight where they were really wanting to break each other down as opposed to doing ridiculous choreographed, you know, tumbling spots to score, you know, cheap pop points with the audience. So I thought it was, uh, I thought the match was quite well done, actually, between Ripley and Mia Yim. Um, Dominic ended up in the ring. Then AJ Styles ran out and attacked Dominic. Fans really did react to AJ Styles. So I think that victory over Finn Balor at uh, Survivor Series was very helpful for him, very beneficial because, as we know, audiences were not indifferent to Styles, but certainly losing interest. So it felt like that was that was a boost for him. And the only problem was that then led to this eight-person match between the OC and Judgment Day, and uh, and the Judgment Day won. Ripley won by pinning uh, Yim with a Riptide. But I thought everyone did well. I thought everyone did well in that match. Mia Yim uh, got a big uh, spot where she slammed Finn Balor. So that really um, provoked a reaction from the audience. So, yeah, I think even though Mia Yim did the job, I feel like she really made a lot of progress on Raw this week. 
Well, elsewhere we had uh, obviously the the Bloodline Sans Roman Reigns coming out to sort of have a celebration over what happened at Survivor Series, and then Kevin Owens came out to interrupt. We kind of got the you know the segment of how Kevin Owens was going to react. How did you feel at this uh, this chapter of the story? Did they do a good job in following up the Survivor Series betrayal? Yeah, I think they did. I mean, Jimmy said you know there were no cracks in the Bloodline; they were united. Uh, Sammy thanked Jay for accepting him into the group. And it was funny because Sammy and Jimmy and Jay were having like a group hug. And Solo Sokoa, he was just like there at the side. He's like, what's going on? I'm not participating in this. And they were trying to get him to join in the hug. And at that point, Kevin Owens walked out. Um, so, I mean, I thought KO did well. He said he understand, understood why Sammy had done what he had done because he had turned on Sammy many times in their careers. Um, you know, and he said he didn't want anything to do with Sammy anymore. So I thought that was quite good as well. And, um, you know, Zane was there saying that uh, he didn't need Owens anymore. You know, it was, but, and then like chaos saying to uh, Sammy, you're not their real blood and you never will be. So it did seem like a, like a relationship breakup, didn't it? You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm over you. I don't need you anymore. It was very much like a relationship breakup. Yep. But you can see that Sammy's still torn by what he's done. And you can see that he's not entirely comfortable in the bloodline. You know, he knows that Owens, his comments have got a ring of truth to them. And that his warning, you know, may well, you know, prove to be correct. You know, it may, it, this may end badly for Sammy. You know, so, I mean, I like that sort of tension there and the fact that there's a lot of stuff bubbling under. There's layers to this. It's not just superficial surface level um, chit chat and emotional response to it. So you can see there's a lot more to this than what's, you know, being expressed verbally. And there's a lot of body language. And I think there's a lot of really good acting here. This is the best acting in wrestling at the moment, hands down. You know, the whole Owens and Sammy and Sammy's relationship with the bloodline. And then it was quite interesting that Jay stood up for Sammy. Jay said to Owens, if he had a problem with Sammy, then he had a problem with him. And then that led to a challenge between Jay and Owens uh, for a singles match later on the show. Indeed. And um, we also had a segment with uh, Austin Theory and Seth Rollins. Uh, where, you know, that doesn't seem to be over because, uh, you know, Ron's kind of underestimating him. You know, he's out there saying, give me your best shot, kid. Um, and, you know, he's playing kind of mind games with him. So that feud's going to continue, which I think is probably smart because, you know, it's December. What else are they going to do? You know, it's, it gives them both something to kind of uh, keep plugging away at till we get to Rumble season in January. Oh, definitely. I mean, Theory was loudly booed. You know, he, he said that, People had said that he, when he'd done the cash in, you know, people said that was stupid and that he was an idiot. And he was like, well, who looks stupid now? It's you people. Uh, theory said he was the face of Monday Night Raw. The Austin Theory, theory era had begun. And um, he said, don't call me a kid anymore. And that led to the interruption by Seth Rollins to confront Theory. Um, and he made a point saying, congratulations, kid. Um, so Seth was saying that he wanted to face Theory in a rematch. 
and Theory said he would face Rollins on the champs time. And at that point, Theory left, but he was like raging, frothing mad. And you thought, is he going to go back? Is he going to take a swing at Rollins? No, that's probably next week. There's no sense in rushing this. As we've stated, it's two months until the next, or nearly two months to the next premium live event. So there's no point rushing anything between now and then. Well, we uh, we also on Raw found uh, got got the conclusion to the Dexter Luna story. He beat the Miz here. He's got the contract. Um, I mean, I don't know if this I don't know if this whole thing has played out as a really hot angle. It felt like it was probably hot at the beginning. But um, what do you what do you what do you make of Dexter Lewis's main roster future now that he's officially signed in storyline? Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we should mention also that Adam Pierce has returned as an on-screen official, because he disappeared for a while, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he's back as of now. Yeah, the Miz was uh, attempting to withdraw from the match. He claimed that he was injured. Pierce pointed out that it was simply a fake injury and that he was lying and that the Anything Goes match with Dex Loomis would take place. So Miz went along with it. Um, I mean, I thought the match was okay. I mean, I was not a fan of Loomis in the beginning in NXT. I mean, I thought it was a waste of space, but he really did get over, you know, with good storytelling. And the character, I think, takes time to really connect with people. So I don't want to be too hasty as to say that Loomis isn't going to make it on Raw. Um, I'm glad that he's now under contract in the storyline and that he's an official player. I think all that, you know, the run-ins and being disguised as a cameraman or whatever i thought that dragged on for too long and i thought they could have arrived at this match and this destination of loomis defeating miz three four weeks ago i I felt like this has just been prolonged and just gone to just dragged on a bit so i'm glad it's ended i mean i'm not quite sure what's going to happen next um maybe he'll do well i mean i think he's a likable character people don't really know the character yet all they know him as Dexter Lewis, or at least on the main roster, all they know him as is a guy who's been, you know, doing run-ins and acting creepy. So it's sort of like a heel character who's been presented as a babyface. So his actions are kind of heelish. Mm-hmm. You know, he's creepy, but he's a babyface character. And I think people will warm to him in time. Um, I mean, inter- it'd be interesting to see, is he going to form a tag team with Johnny Gargano? Because, I mean, what's Gargano going to do? He feels like he's, you know, he's gone off the boil as well. If he ever was on the boil, he's cooled down a lot as well. So I think maybe Dexter and Johnny will form a tag team. Maybe that could be the way forward for those two. Yeah, I think Johnny Gargano is like, he's like that really nice fancy soup that you might buy from the supermarket in one of those tubs. And then you put it in in the pan. And you go away thinking, oh, that'll taste really good when I come back. And then you come back and go, oh, the pan's not on. Forgot to put the pan on. He's yeah. just cold soup at the moment. But uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully it'll heat up in <clears throat> in the new year. Uh, the main event of the show was Kevin Owens and Jay Uso uh, in a 22-minute match with Kevin Owens getting the big win. And uh, this felt like a good way to kind of give him something back after the loss. And, you know, the whole thing's just about the story and everything, yeah. all the kind of parts going with it. I think for me, Raw this week really dragged compared to usual weeks, but I felt like the bloodline stuff and especially keeping Kevin Owens and Jay so to the end 
was uh, was smart because that was the thing I was there to see the most. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, Sami Zayn was at ringside. He looked exhausted uh, by the emotional roller coaster ride he had been on. So the cameras kept seeking his response to the match between Owens and Jay. Uh, Owens won after a stunner. So, yeah, he needed the victory here. I mean, people are saying that it's going to be Owens versus Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. That does yes. seem possible. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I mean, I suppose there are other people who could face Roman Reigns, but it feels like that's going to be the match, Owens versus Roman Reigns. So he needed the win here. Um, and Sammy will play a part in the story as well. And... Um, you know, he's the, you know, the emotional heartbeat of this whole saga, isn't it? It's based around him. It's his reactions that are selling this, that are really drawing us in and making us, um, you know, tune in or convincing us to tune in each week to see the next chapter of the ongoing story. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see where it all goes. I mean, I think I know the destination, but I'm, I'm more interested in the journey than the destination. I mean, that's the way it is, isn't it? So, um that's how pro wrestling should be. It's tuning in each week to see how each development progresses, you know, and uh, becomes more interesting, a lot, not less interesting. So yeah. I just want to mention also, I thought Candice LeRae um, and Dakota Kai had, uh, I thought they had a pretty good match. Um, LeRae won with a neck breaker from the middle rope. I thought that was a really tight, solid, professional, you know, matchup between two people who really, you know, understand the business and know their craft. I thought that was very well done. Yeah, you know, one of the things I'd like to see <clears throat> WB, if, if it's going to be an annual thing where after Survivor Series, you don't have anything until January. Like, I, obviously, uh, AEW after Full Gear have the winter is coming thing. I'd like to have like a special episode of Raw in December, like late December, kind of like when day one would have been. So there's some stuff to build to. Because I do, I do think it's going to be a bit of a, a a slog in December because we've basically got two months as of now till the next big show. So I hope that there's something that we're going to be building towards because I think it might be a struggle if we're just for two months waiting for the rumble. So hopefully they they come up with something. Maybe a I don't know. I don't know. You could you could do a special edition of Raw. Um, yeah. And by I mean, that I don't mean old school Raw. I don't mean just <laughs> oh yeah letters. exactly. They haven't mentioned anything about a legend show in January, for which I am relieved. Who is left to cart out? My God. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they'll do a push for the, you know, the, they're doing the annual December 26th show at Madison Square Garden. Maybe they'll do a, a push for that. Yeah, I think they just need to push something because otherwise, if nothing's happening to Rumble, I think it's, you know, especially over the, over the holiday season as well, a lot of people are busy they're doing stuff so you know you want to have something to be hooking people in you know over the next two months well over the next month before the rumble push kicks off in january yeah um so uh, just a couple of things from AEW dynamite last night one of the, one of them plays into some news and uh, we opened the show with john moxley coming out big chant for him cuts a promo about uh you know uh wrestling they're in indianapolis we should mention these talks about you know wrestling there before and um and then Hangman Adam Page makes his return, and he comes out, and you know, there's uh, I think Excalibur says in commentary, I don't think he's cleared. And then uh, Moxley says um, to him, "Are you sure you want to do this after what happened last time?" And then said, "Oh, I'm sorry, do you not remember?" And then they get into this very heated uh, brawl, and uh, I thought this was a really good way to bring Page back. Um, he felt like a a bigger deal from the 
the you know the, th- the unfortunate thing that happened to him in the last match. So yeah. you know it seems that we're going to be getting Page and Moxley, but uh, I do hope that it's going to be good for Page because I think that they they're, they're onto something with him in this return, and I think it would be wise to try and capitalize on it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, it was um, I mean, it was okay. Um, I mean, the only thing about it was that Moxley then kind of seemed like the heel. And, um, I mean, I know his character meanders all over the place, so it's sometimes in the middle of a one promo, it's hard to know whether he's a baby face or a heel. He's all over the place with his verbiage. Um, but, yeah, it, it, Moxley kind of sounded a bit heelish when he made that comment. So then Paige attacked him and they had to pull apart ringside. Um, hilariously, Moxley, uh, when he was giving chase up the ramp, fell off the ramp. I mean, that was just like, what was that? I mean, that was just like a comedy spot. That's going to be all over the internet now. It's going to be all in all the botch compilations. I mean, that was a classic. So, yeah, good to see. I mean, my takeaway, takeaway from this is I'm pleased Paige is back. I mean, I thought maybe Moxley was going to get a rematch with uh, MGF, but apparently not. And presumably Paige will have to win this match. Maybe he will then challenge MGF. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt to me like it was kind of the natural thing to make Moxley more of the heel here because if Paige is coming back, you want to give him the best chance of being, you know, t- cheered. And yeah. it, it, it made sense. I mean, with Moxley, I think he, I mean, I know he, he wants to have some time off, I'm sure, after, you know, because he was going to take time off after all out, wasn't he? And then yeah. he had to come back. So, may, so yeah. maybe he's just going to put over Paige and then take some time off and come back for double or nothing later in the year. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be, I mean, yeah, it feels to me like it's time for him to step off. Um, I'm not really sure where he fits into this. If he's not having the rematch with MJF, it now looks like it's going to be Brian Danielson pursuing MJF. Um, but yeah, great to see Paige back. And he feels like he's got some fire in his belly and hopefully he gets through the next match um wins the next match and um you know can then potentially be a challenger for MGF. I think that I think that would be well received. So um yeah. yeah. But great to see Paige back. Um and then we got the promo uh William Regal comes out to introduce MJF and you know he's doing his big you know explaining the email and how Regal had told him don't use the diamond ring, use the brass knucks. And then we get a a, a belt with uh, MGS Burberry design on it, which, you know, harkens you back to the days of personalised belts, which, I mean, I was really hoping when, when MGF talked about the belt that we could get a, a, a nicer looking belt in the AEW oh, world title. It but, just looks foul. ghastly. Like the, the, women's t- the women's title and the TNT title and, and the, some of the other belts look really nice, but the world title just is this. It's, it's Cena-esque. It's just a monstrosity. And the thing is, as well, I was hoping it was going to be a all new belt, a belt design, the actual, you know, gold. And then he and he said, Oh, it's got a Burberry design on the leather. But you could ha- it was a good job he pointed that out, because I could hardly tell. I know. <laughs> it was so dark that you could hardly see the Burberry design in the strap. And then Tony Shivani's on commentary saying, Oh, he's ruined it, it's terrible. It's like, well, what's Burberry thinking around about now? You would think that they're somehow wanting to enter into some sort of business. There must be some sort of relationship here, right? Yeah. If they're using Burberry, the mentioned Burberry on TV, because it's he's renamed the belt, right? Hasn't he? The, is it the, the big Burberry belt? The big... <laughs> yeah. 
He's really so there's got to be some sort of relationship, presumably, between AEW and Burberry. So it's not the worst idea, you know, to have somebody who's young and kind of cool to be doing something, you know. So I mean, yeah, maybe maybe it is. Um, but see, he got he's got the belt, and then you know, he, I mean, he's he's kind of going on a wee bit, but it's, it's MGS, it's always good. And then kind of out of nowhere, he's got the because he says, you know, the title's not going to be defended all the time. It's, he's going to be a special attraction. He's gonna, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, what's he had about? Is it about seven matches this year? I yeah. think it's something like that. I mean, MJF, smartest guy in wrestling, rarely has to wrestle, always gets massive amounts of promo time to feel like a big star. And, uh, you know, I mean, who's wrestled more in the last 12 months, MJF or Roman Reigns? I think Roman might have just taken it. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, he will have done because um, he's done some house show matches, hasn't he? Yeah, you don't, yeah, MJF's not wrestling in Trenton, New Jersey, is he? No. <laughs> Barely wrestles in Dynamite. Um, I, I did really love the line where he said um, he's going to make he's, he's his title reign will make Hulk Hogan, JBL, and Jeff Jarrett's reigns seem short and sweet. Which what what a trio to name Hulk Hogan, JBL, and Jeff Jarrett. Um, and then, anyway, so he then pulls he pulls out the brass. Hey, did, did, did Jeff Jarrett ever have a long reign anywhere? I mean, he certainly his reigns in WCW were very brief. In TNA, I think he had a long reign. He had lots of reigns, but I don't remember a, a reign lasting like JBL was champ from. Was it May or June of 2004? June 04 to April 05. Yeah, WrestleMania the next year, wasn't it? Mm. So, I mean, obviously Hogan's first reign was 84 to 88. That's the most famous one, the first WWF reign. But I don't remember Jarrett having a long reign. He had a lot of reigns, but I don't remember him having like a lengthy reign. So, yeah, it's very odd that he would be mentioned. here, Here we go. Hold on. Oh, so Jeff Jarrett held the belt for... 182 days. Is that 182 days? Am I getting this right? Yeah, he, so he's held, he had one reign with the NWA world title for 203 days and once for 182. Okay. So that, I guess that's what he's talking about. Um, but then the, the, the thing at the end is he uh, tells Regal he's forgotten something, pulls out the brass knuckles, and he says, you know, uh, told Regal without the brass knuckles, none of this would have happened. And uh, then he uh, goes behind Regal and bashes him with the brass knuckles. And uh, then we have Danielson run out. The, the trainers are there. Um, and I guess this kind of plays in. I want to get your thoughts on what happened here. But also the idea that obviously there's the there's the rumours and the innuendo that William Regal might be leaving. Because he wants to go back to WWE. He wants to yeah. go back to Triple H. And Tony can although Regal signed a three-year deal, the can might let him out of it, which would be a very nice thing for him to do if he does let him out of it. But maybe the... The, the weird thing is, it feels like MGF and Regal was going to be this partnership that we were going to see. And to have Regal sort of taken out almost feels like they've 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 made, called an audible for some reason, and may, maybe it's because he's leaving. What do you make of it all? Um, I mean... You know, Regal turned on John Moxley at full gear November 19th, siding with MGF, helped MGF win the title. November 30th, MGF turned on Regal by striking him with brass no coals. You know, MGF walked through the crowd. Did you see MGF shove the fan? Did you see that when he walked through the crowd? 
And, and, uh, yeah, he did. And um, and then back in the ring, Regal's there selling the blow with the brass knocks, and Brian Danielson ran out, and uh, Regal was placed on a stretcher, placed in an ambulance, taken away as the announcers talked in hushed tones about how serious this was. I mean, it was so rushed, Kenny. I mean, 11 days later, they split. I mean, the fans weren't really that sympathetic towards Regal because Regal had just done a heel turn 11 days earlier. So why would they be? You know, he's not. there was no baby face sort of sympathy or, you know, emotion or, um, you know, affection for Regal because of what he'd just done at full gear. And there'd been really no hints dropped because this was their first appearance together on Dynamite on TV post full gear. So there was no indication that this was going to happen so it just came from completely out of the blue i think it was so rushed it was vince russo-esque um i just thought it was absurd I and mean, then unless as you say regal is leaving next week then really what was the point of this why not prolong it why not build it up why not sow dissension in the ranks between mgf and regal but never again they'd have to be a partnership for a while before the dissension could be sown, because you know, which is what just... makes me think that there might be something to the idea that he's leaving. Possibly, because... but to me, Tony Khan's in control of this. He could have said to Regal, "Okay, I'll give you a contract release in February, but yeah. you need to work this storyline with MGF. You need to be a solid partnership. You need to work together because we've just done this big angle. You know, it was the biggest thing at Full Gear. It led to a title change in the main event." So we've got to go the distance on this storyline and then, yeah, I'll give you your release early, you know, Fed match or whatever. But not, <laughs> not in the same month. You know, when the when this heel turn had occurred by Regal to form the partnership with MGF and then MGF splits from Regal's say, 11 days later. I mean, it was just so hurried and just, just a massive, just another blown opportunity by this company. I mean, I just despair, Kenny, I really do. <laughs> I liked the segment, but like you say, I would have much preferred it if it had been a little bit later. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, we, it's, it's all about list. stories, but you've got to be able to tell a story. And it, it just absolutely blew it here. I mean, just a massive disservice to Regal, to MJF, to the AWA, AW fans who were just there in stunned silence. Like, well, are we supposed to care about this guy after what he did at Full Gear? It reminds me... You know, it reminded me a little bit of. Um, do you remember when Shawn Michaels had turned on DX in November of 1998 and he joined the corporation? And then he was in the corporation for like a month. And then uh, he like went back with DX, but then the corporation went to get him and DX didn't help him. And the whole thing was is that Shawn had just turned and then. So, like, as much as him going back to DX for a minute was fun, there wasn't really much, like, of an appetite for it because he turned. Yes. So, like, the so the problem with that, and I mean, Sean wasn't wrestling, when neither was Regal, but, like, the thing is, when Sean had done that in January 99, obviously to be written off for the, the back injury or the back surgery, um, the reason that the story didn't, I don't think, hit as well as they maybe would have thought it would is because it was hard to have sympathy for Sean Michaels, the character, like, you know, because when DX basically left him to get battered by the corporation, most of the fans just kind of thought, "Good, he deserves yeah, exactly. it." You know, because exactly. 
So I think that the the, the thing with Regal that's that's going to be a bit. I hope that there's a story with with Danielson about because if he's now going to be sort of going after MJF for Regal, that's fine. Yeah, but there needs to be some acknowledgement of what well, he did. Basically, leave us leave us in the dark. You know, we never got an explanation. I mean, unless we yeah, are going to get. I mean, get that ex- was. I mean, last week Regal said, "Oh, I'm going to explain next week why I formed this pact." With MJF, and he never did. I don't even think he said anything, did he? Nope. So I was waiting for that, and that was your opening segment on last week's Dynamite. There's no MGF here. Why? And like, oh, well, well, I'll explain everything next week, and then there was no explanation. I feel like there's Rotten. More to- Rotten. <laughs> there's got to be more to the story. I'm, you know, I, sometimes sometimes you're you're quite forgiven of WWE with stuff and I'm going to on this occasion attempt to be forgiven of AEW and hope that there is a story and a reason for this happening but I don't think there is but you know I'll try just for the purposes of being a devil's advocate I will try they could Um, have opened this Regal could have offered his explanation as to why he had you know bet on or invested in or turned on Moxley and sided with MJF he could have given us a 90 second explanation Mm-hmm. And that would have satisfied, that would have ticked the box that he said he was going to take the previous week. Then that would have truncated MGF's speech, which I just thought dragged on and on. I mean, he was he's great, of course, on, on the mic, but he was I just thought he he just he was speaking for too long. So that would have reduced the amount of time that MGF had to speak, which would have been good for his um for his speech on the show. And Regal would have done what he said he was going to do the previous week. So maybe next week he'll... Well, he probably won't be there next week because he'll be selling this injury. Will he be in a hospital bed somewhere? Well, possibly. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, but... I mean, I, well, I mean the, where, where he's actually going is Wales this weekend. Okay. <laughs> I wonder if when he goes to Wales this weekend, he'll have a neck brace on. I don't think he will. Well, I think he might. I mean, he I should... He you know, he's talking he bangs on about he's this old school guy. He should be wearing the he should wear the, the neck brace in public, you know, just even for his own amusement. <laughs> you know, and I think if he were to do that, people would really respect him for it. So if you're listening, Regal, wear that neck brace. There you go. Get the neck brace to to <laughs> hex him or whatever it is that you are this weekend. Um anyway, well listen, that's all the time we've got for today. We will be uh, back for an overrun. Uh, in a couple of days, which is we're going to be talking about issue 233 of Power Slam, which is the issue where CM Punk walked out of WWE. So there you yes, go. That's that. a great cover. Yeah. But I mean, I mean you know, it's uh, he's he looks fuming on the cover. Um, we will be covering that over on Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. And also you can order uh, the magazine, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com, new issue with Jim Cornette on the cover, which Finn did the, the excellent interview with, which you can check out. Uh, I know that some people in the UK specifically did experience a slight delay on their issue arriving and probably will with their, potentially will with their next one. But there are postal strikes in the UK, and unfortunately that is above something we are able to... To deal with, we can only. That's it. That's it. We, you know, we we don't have the power to settle this strike. <laughs> I mean, if it's still going on in January, we might have to step in, but hopefully not. Um, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's ninety-five pence for a first-class stamp now, Kenny. Did you know that? I remember when it used to be like forty p, forty-five p, something like that. I mean, 
people just aren't sending as much stuff through the post. I know. It's like, I mean, I'm thinking this year, how many Christmas cards do I need to send? 95 <laughs> pence a stamp. Oh, no. you Second class, those people. You don't well, send, send out early, get it second class. Don't be dealing with yeah. first class. Well, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll follow your advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I want to thank you for all your support, everybody. We really do appreciate it, as always. And we'll talk to you soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.